Hi, welcome to That Reminds Me Of, a podcast about film and the films that remind us of that film. You're here with Baron and the Doc. And the Maestro. Do we need another drink? Yes, we do. Yeah. Doc. Baron. Another episode. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yes. We are at MIFF uh, 2023 in the amazing... The Capital, Capital Theatre. Yeah. Um, where there's lots of screenings happening. We've been given uh, access to do our filming, which is fantastic. Um, thank you to RMIT for that. We are here today with one of the producers of a film that we saw last night called Late Night with the Devil, Adam. Hello. So, Adam White. Yes, Kim Logan. Um, I think we've met before, haven't we? We have. I'm sure we have. We have. It was uh, 1988. No, I would have said 1989. Okay, late 80s. Is it 89 or 88? So late 80s. Late A 80s. long, long time ago. Yeah. A long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And we have been um, in ridiculously close orbit ever since. Yeah. Uh, so you haven't been able to get rid of me, basically. No, so you've, you've now even infiltrated <laughs> our podcast. Yeah, my fault. Yeah. Um, but in this case, it's a good thing because mm. we did see Late Night with the Devil last night. I'm so sorry. Um, and it was a ripper. We loved it. So we want to talk about the film with you today and and also talk about what it reminded us of. Okay. Totally. And i got to say, last night um, that filming was over at the Forum and I think it holds around 600 people in there. It was packed. Like there was not a spare seat in the cinema. The crowd was so engaged. It was, it was great. It was laughing the whole way through at the right moments. There was shock at the right moments. At the end, there was a huge ovation that went for a very long time. So... Crowd pleaser. I would say you what you have on your hand is a crowd pleaser, and it's great to see in that way. Well, it's nice to hear. Uh, yeah, we've we've worked pretty hard to get it to this point. So to have it premiere or play it at, in Melbourne um, at a venue like the Forum is a privilege, and to have so many people turn out on uh, last night was fantastic. Well, we have the producer here with us. We normally do a terrible uh, synopsis of these. Things. So let's let the producer do a terrible synopsis <laughs> yeah. on our behalf. What right. is your, on what a is second your pitch? Take, yes. What is your pitch for this? Uh, late night talk show in 1977 goes horribly wrong when they decide to uh, commune with the devil. Oh, fantastic. What you're getting is very much a, a very sort of realistic, um, you would almost say mockumentary style, like reenactment of like what one of these shows, these late night shows would be like looking and feeling in the way that it would back in the 70s. Um, you, uh, the way it's shot, the sound mix, all of these elements um, really just make you feel like when you're sitting back here in the seats, like you're actually in the seats of the, the show itself, watching events unravel. Yeah, and the, and the way we, the production methodology was probably uh, assisted us in a lot, lot of ways because we did shoot it as if it was a late night talk show. We had three cameras, pedestal cameras, uh, and basically, we play, the, the drama played out as if it was uh, being recorded live to live to tape and then live broadcast as well. So uh, I think that helped us. We were switching on set as well, so basically kind of doing a, a rough edit as we were recording. And then there are obviously some other elements in with the ad breaks and stuff like that where a documentary crew kind of takes over and captures what we would call behind the scenes of... Mm and reveals more about our characters rather than the facade of who they are on a, on a late night talk show. It's the reality of who they are as human beings. Speaking of human beings, like the cast was pretty astounding, led by 
the amazing David Desmelton. Desmelton, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, David is uh, amazing. Like he yeah. is a, a big fan of horror films and also loves uh, late night regional TV. And Cameron Cairns, one of the directors, uh, suggested him after reading some of his um, articles that he'd written in Fangoria. And one of our American producers, Roy Lee, uh, he, when we the, the name was suggested, David Desmulshin, he said, oh, I know David. <laughs> and so it just seemed to uh, steamroll from there. Like once David had the script and, and you saw, we put together what we call a lookbook but more in the guise of a, a, a TV guide from 1977. So we would have crosswords, we would have articles, mm. we mm. would have um, what's coming up on TV that week, but embed uh, the world building mm. of Night Owls, which is the late night talk show that uh, the film is about, um, as, as part of that TV guide. And that really, that and a little teaser that we made, which was like one minute or 90 seconds, uh, caught the attention of Roy Lee and our, our other financiers, um, Image Nation Abu Dhabi. So it was, yeah, pretty amazing that that kind of collateral helped mm. um, with the script. Mm. Like the script was already great, but it also helped um, to sell it to other people. The level of detail within this film is pretty ridiculous. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot there. Um, and it, because it is, it is basically dropping you in the middle of this show, the recordings of this show. Every little detail has to be right or else it wouldn't you'd be, you know, the illusion would be lost. Yeah, and, and we were fortunate as well. One of our other American producers, uh, Stephen Schneider, he uh, is an executive producer on Paranormal Activity. And so the found footage mm. subset of horror films is something that he's attracted to. Um, and so... Although our, our film isn't really found footage, but it kind of is in a way yeah. as well. We're kind of messing with that form. And mm. I think that helps, you know, settle the audience, but also keep them unsettled at the same time. I actually found myself through the film getting tense, just sitting on the edge of my seat because I didn't, because it had that feeling of, of a live production unraveling in front of you, mm. even though I knew Clearly, it wasn't like I knew that this was a you know thing that'd been put together um, from a script. It, you still you still get sucked in, and mm. and I found myself just mm. you know wondering what's going to happen next, and just getting tense, uh, physically tense. Yeah, I mean that that's great to hear because you want the audience to uh, the tension to build with them as well as much as the characters at the same mm. time, and if if that does happen for your audience, then they're going to get just as much of a thrill and payoff at the end when revelations kind of unfold. We haven't really talked about uh, probably enough about the crew and, and cast, but um, we've got this film was written and directed by Cameron and Colin Cairns, um, who people might remember from 100 Bloody Acres as like one of their, their previous big successes. Which was a MIF Premier Fund film back in 2000 and I'm going to say 11 or 12. Probably didn't get the box office success that it deserved, but it laid a foundation for future films for the mm. brothers to make. And, and you know, sometimes you've got to make a couple of mm. films to, to get to this point. So 100, 100 Bloody Acres, I rewatched that like a couple of nights ago because mm. I loved it initially. But what really struck me again was the world, world building. Yep. Uh, right from the outset, it's set in the outback. You get all these little details about, you know, the signs on, on the road 
the sense of place is completely you know, in your face. Uh, the brothers have this little business and you know little details of their business, including their jingle, and you really feel like you're in there. And I, I just think that craft they have to be able to create a world is even better executed in Late Night with the Devil. Yeah, and they do a lot of work. They do a lot of research and they make sure that everything is pretty solid before they commit it into their screenplays. And, you know, like Late Night with the Devil has gone through eight years of development before it got to here, basically. And that is just refining the script, refining the story, finding the right voices. And it's it's a lot of work. It just, take, it just takes time, unfortunately. Well, yeah. I mean, we wish we could knock these things out really quickly, but the value of things maturing and, and going through a process certainly helps the end product. Yeah, don't we know it? It's a never-ending story for our <laughs> filmmakers, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so we, at a certain point uh, in our show, we always talk about the films that we were reminded of while we were watching the film. Yep. Thus the title of the show. Uh, we are going to throw some, some references at you. You might think they're stupid or no, you might no, think no. they're intelligent. I think it's great. I, I don't necessarily... <laughs> think there's a right or wrong answer i just think that there's you know oh, impressions pause you may well think the wrong answer <laughs> true, true. Uh, <laughs> you may change your mind there yeah. we go. All right. <laughs> um, but we're going to ask you for some references as well so, sure, so sure. you know so we'll um we'll we'll kick it off and then we'll come around to you go for it i'm going to start off with an obvious one which i'm sure we've talked about before i'd, I'd have to say is the larry sanders show um and the larry sanders show just being this awesome tv experience where you've got a talk show host, not the same era, but Gary Shandling playing Larry Sanders. So you get the whole talk show host, but you also get all the behind the scenes uh, stuff that goes on. And that's where part of the fun is. And this seemed to take from that playbook quite a bit in a really cool, twisty way. Yeah, and that's something I remember Roy Lee, uh, one of our producers who I've mentioned before, he, he mentions that in an um, interview with maybe Bloody or a podcast or something like that where he said, what if Larry Sanders invited someone on so that they could perform an exorcism? Huh. And it's like, yeah, that's a pretty good pitch. That's like, a great pitch. Yeah, you just got to know what the Larry Sanders show is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I honestly didn't know before, before today. So there you go. Um, need something I need to go watch. Definitely watch it. Yeah. Definitely watch it. Well, while we're, while we're just on that, I think I feel like Don Lane, the Don Lane show, as far as, you know, well, not a filmic reference, but a real life, Absolutely. Sort of uh, influence, I suspect. Um, and, you've, you've got, and you've also mentioned one of the characters on the Don Lane show before. The Amazing Randy. That's right. So in, do you, know, do you remember the Don Lane show? No, again, no. no. The Don Lane show is called the, the, Yank, the, the Lanky Yankee. Um, he was an American that came over to Australia and had this great TV show. And he used, used to have crazy people on, including Yuri Geller, Bending Spoons, and the Amazing Randy is a magician turned skeptic mm. who exposes people and and um, he's, he's, he was the basis for, uh, what was his name, the character name? Carmichael. Carmichael, yes. 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 Um, which that, that character was really beautifully presented and acted. Yeah, um, Ian Bliss does an amazing job of uh, encapsulating the skeptic. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, uh, The Amazing Randy was certainly a strong reference for, for his character, absolutely. I'm going to look at the, the 70s setting and horror and the whole satanic cult kind of element of this. And 
reference High West's House of the Devil as a strong Ooh, reminds okay. me of for yep, me. Yep. Um, Ty West loves to sort of uh, dabble in period piece uh, horror films that, mm. that look and feel like they were filmed in the 70s or the period that he's presenting. Is that the one where she's the babysitter? It's, it's yes, I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's and been they, a long time since I've seen yeah, it. Um, yeah, I, I saw X recently, okay, uh, which again just yet. takes you into, into a world, you know, he loves the 70s, yep, so it takes yep. you into that world. Like I said before, one of the things that makes this film so special and so immersive is just mm. how authentic it feels. Yep, yep. I've only seen a few Ty West films and I, rem I think I remember House with the Devil being the one with the babysitter and the really odd couple that, a yeah. wealthy couple that go out and then they come back and the, some shit goes down and it's kind that's of... That's right. Yeah, that's, that's the one. Doc, what about you? Another one? I do have another one. Um, this is an odd one because I haven't seen the film. Okay. Uh, but I've seen it, uh, of the play version in the theatre. Okay. Cabaret. Right. Um, welcome. <laughs> then uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, I think so. Well, my, my, my reason yes. for choosing Cabaret, uh, we saw it, we've been in London recently and saw mm. it on the West End. Yeah. And as an audience, you're kind of part, you're both audience and part of the, show because it's set in a cabaret so you're the cabaret audience yeah this had much the same feel where there's this feeling as the as the audience where you're watching it from theater but you also feel like you're in the movie um yeah and you Alex, must have felt that in particular because you are you were watching it from the audience and you were in the movie in the audience that is true um, have we mentioned have we mentioned <laughs> your starring role my starring role in this film well clearly not we're about to now okay yeah. i didn't mean to do this but yes of i course do you did. have a a small role as a member of the audience in this film yeah um I, you did barrel the camera a couple of times yes yes and and when and when we were watching the movie last night and he appeared he did go alex look, 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 there i am <laughs> yeah, okay <laughs> But no, it's an interesting point because it is there is a lot of moments within the film where uh, David yes. and and also um, the character of Lily are sort of inviting you to and, and talking directly to the audience in a way mm. with uh, the where their eye lines go and also because they're talking to the audience at home as if yeah. it's part of that nineteen um, seventies late yeah. night talk show. So yeah, there is that immersive quality that. You can probably extrapolate. Well, it's a t it's a TV show, and we are we are the audience of the of it. So yeah. they they're, he's speaking directly directly to us, and it's really really cool effect. I found that even though like there's heaps of laughs, there's heaps of shocks. So there's all the things that such a film should have, but such a TV show should have as well. But mm. yes, I found myself the best thing about it was the immersive quality that you. You know, I found I didn't even need some of the time to to be having a belly laugh. I was just really absorbed in the fact that I'm actually part of this, yep. mm. uh, and that was the the real beauty of it. Mm. And the fact that I was in both audiences <laughs> was pretty cool too. Uh, I have another one for you, Money Monster. I don't know if you come across that film. No, I don't. George know. Clooney is the star in it. Okay. So Money Monster uh, follows a TV show 
where a terrorist comes in and holds George Clooney, who's the TV host. Um, uh, he holds him as yeah, captive yeah, live yeah, on TV. Yeah, yeah. And so you've got the whole thing playing out as a, as a live hostage situation. Okay, so a bit of dog day afternoon Yeah, in that sort of respect. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I think I know the film. I just haven't seen it. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's probably an obvious comparison. Um, but what I, what I liked about that, film is that it it um i think it's julia roberts it's in the it back is. one it yeah. Is. yeah so it flicks back and forth to i'm know, saying i don't know the film but, but you I, remember I know julia who it is yeah, yeah yeah you've seen the dvd cover i've seen a trailer I think. yeah totally um and she's giving him notes you know and, mm. and trying to talk him through the situation yeah in, amazing. In year. so you, the, the kind of front front of house back of house kind of back and forth that you have in this film as well is, is interesting yeah okay mm. well that's something i need to watch maybe yeah. tonight yeah. Any monster. I know, I'll be at MIF apparently. Yeah, no. you'll be at MIF. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you have any more? No, I've probably just got some, some random questions to throw this guy's yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. You were producer on this film, mm. but in, your, in the rest of your life, you've been writer, editor, effects, uh, former footballer. You've played a lot of roles with storytelling. What's your comfort zone? Uh, what are you, what's the best medium to express your storytelling craft? I don't know anymore, really, uh, but I do like I do like creating visual effects. I, I feel like it's a bit sometimes cathartic and like painting and just mm. spending time to put all the elements in a shot that help to tell that part of the story and bring it together so that uh, it either raises the stakes or it pays something off. Yep. And I kind of like that. It's a magic trick in a way, sort of. I so like you're the idea the, of revealing something that people don't expect. You're the amazing Randy of the. Uh, I'm a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. Is <laughs> that what you're saying? Uh, no, I, no, no. I just think that everyone on the film set has a role to play, and you can't do it without all those uh, crew members and cast members and uh, everyone involved. And to get to the point where uh, where where we were at. Ad is because of the amazing crew that we had for Late Night with the Devil. So, but it starts with the script, and mm. the brothers made something that brought a lot of people together to be able to create, and uh, we're we're all very grateful for it because it's it's a fun horror film. That's how I describe it to a lot of people. Because totally. a lot of people, when you when you say to them it's a horror film, they get a bit oh god, I don't like horror. Mm. It's like no no no, just relax. It's it's a fun horror film and. Uh, it's not all, you know, blood and guts and slashes and all that sort of stuff. It's just, like you said, building tension. Mm. And that can just be as horrific as uh, as all the killings that happen in a lot of other films as well. You know, as a producer, what, what are you looking for in a project or in a director when you're taking a project on? <laughs> Where I, I feel I'm pretty green as a producer and I'm not really a producer producer type my business partner is really good at, at managing uh budgets and putting all the elements together to to get things off the ground but we also have both have a love of good stories and i don't think there's any um specific thing that you could say well your, your story has to be like this or your script has to be like this. It just needs, if it reads well and we're attracted to it, that's what we're going to mm. commit to. Um, and everyone's got a different 
perspective on things. So we might like one script, but other people just go, no, I could not see that being made. And that's what happens in the film business all the time. Like it's, it's opinion based. Yeah. So it's hard to know. It's hard to know how to answer that. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's, yeah. it's a funny question. No, no, Although, it's a good question, but it's hard to answer. That's all. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's obviously uh, you know something that we all have our own subjective opinion yeah. about when it comes to taste and yep. what sort of films we think are going to go well and yeah, be yeah. popular. Um, but I guess you know, do you have a do you have a genre? Is there something you're particularly attracted to? Yeah, I mean, I, I do like horror films. Uh, I've always been attracted to science fiction as well. And when I say science fiction, like I think, I think Get Out is a science fiction film. Mm. Like to me, mm. that's a great example of science, great science fiction. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is one of my favorite films. Empire Strikes Back is one of my favorite films. Yeah. But I also love films like Blue Velvet. Um, and David Lynch is a, anomaly and just mm. really interesting filmmaker but you know that's it's not the type of film i could make because i don't tap into those kind of darker recesses that he obviously does um but yeah good science fiction horror i, I do i like the genres basically no i'm not uh i don't think i'd be very good with you know coming of age stories or anything like that well i can say with some confidence i think that late night with the devil when the script came across your desk that it is, is right in your lane because um, yeah. it's something that you can uh, read the elevator pitch, maybe not the one you gave before, but mm. like whatever the official one is. Um, and it, it just gets you straight away. The, the, the quirky, the quirkiness of it is right there. It's a framework. Basically yeah. the late night talk show is a framework that allowed them to create great characters and also uh, some magnificent hijinks along the way as well, because it is you, you're you're locked into this one location basically for the entire film. Mm. So when that happens, it tends to uh, create tension for for all the characters involved. And Late Night does that, I think, reasonably well. Yeah. Does it beautifully. Uh, what What are you doing next? What, what else is What else is <laughs> on the radar? I don't know. Don't know. It's been all-encompassing working on this up yeah, to this yeah. point. Yeah, it's been, and obviously with the COVID situation of the last few years, um, you know, we shot in June, July last year, and so we've been in post ever since. And then that was a mad rush to to get it ready and finished for South by Southwest in March, um, which is where the premiere was, right? That was the premiere. That was Beautiful. the world premiere. And then it's just been. Uh, you know, finishing things, deliverables for um, for our financiers, and now it's like, what? Okay, what's the next project? But we're just trying to figure that out at the moment. So I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but there's a few things floating around that we're thinking about. Great. Yeah. Uh, will there be a theatrical release for this film? We hope so. That's the plan at this stage. Um, we're waiting on a sale in the US, and that will determine what happens internationally as well as over here in Australia and New Zealand. Awesome. Fingers crossed for that. That'd yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Absolutely. I, th I think we're done. I think yeah. we've milked this, this chat for as much as Absolutely. we can for this film. Thank you so much for coming on our little podcast and having no a chat with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, all the best with this film. Uh, it's really fantastic. 
And I'm excited to see what you guys do next. You know, not just not just the directors, but you and Matt as well, where, where you head from here. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. One final thing. Okay. So you did mention, you know, me barreling the camera. Yes. Um, <laughs> I do have a habit of barreling the camera at times. Yes. Uh, and I, I noticed that the, um, the Cairns brothers took inspiration from my <laughs> barreling the camera uh, a few times with some excellent barrels through this show. Okay. You're going to yeah. give stuff away? I think the barrel. No, I no. think the barreling that was in the show was possibly better than your barreling. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that any barreling matches my barreling. <laughs> you love the camera, don't you? Do. You love looking at the lens. Yeah. Mm, right down there. That's all for today. <laughs> See ya. See you, folks.